Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Trish, I'm a bit discombobulated by something I heard about a couple. Oh, was it very rude? No. Was it disturbing? What What was it? It what is it disturbing. And I think if I tell you it with your <laughs> need for rituals and <laughs> regularity <Control. laughs> of life, yeah, can't have a dirty martini, has to have the other one because it's a bit yes. upsetting for you. There is a couple, they mm. exist in the world, where when they go to bed at night, they decide there and then which side to sleep on. Impossible. No, it's true. No. They don't have a, a set side. So I recently shared a bed with a girlfriend of mine, very close yes. friend of mine at Cheltenham Literary Festival. Did I tell you I went to? You did. You dropped that one. <laughs> don't worry. Yes, we got that one well, last week. We had to share a bed, and we had a moment because I said, "Well, I always sleep on oh, the left," and she said, okay. "Well, so do I." And we sort of stood there for ten minutes, looking at it, wondering who was going to be. Oh, who backed down? Did you just jump on the bed and claim it? She backed down, obviously. Oh, she did. Of course she did. Well, I'm never sharing a bed with you, is all I can say. You were left-sider. Definitely. I'm on the right side at the moment, but every year or so I might shake it up and then we might swap sides. Oh, no, hold on. I'm a right-sider, aren't I? If you stand and look at the bed, I'm on the right side. Oh, my God. Oh, no, if you look at the bed, I'm on the left side. So I lie right. in the bed, I'm on the right oh, side. This oh, is the kind of conversation our parents had and we would walk uh, yeah, out of the room exactly, chatting, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, anyway, so these Moving people on. exist, Trish. These people they, they exist. Do. Well, crazy people. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy. And we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Trish and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teens. We're feeling very bouncy today, aren't we, Lorraine? Because we are celebrating some fabulous news that is going to improve the lives of millions of women. And we're also saluting some small everyday wins that make life that little bit more joyful too. Yes. So we're going to kick off this episode by saying a huge thank you, not just to all of you, but everyone outside who supported the MP Carolyn Harris's campaign and her private members bill to get HRT free for women in England. Now, many of you wrote to your MPs, um, shared the campaign on social media, and the result was that last Friday as we record this, the government agreed to reducing HRT prescriptions to a single prescription per year. So it's not free, but it is one prescription per year. So that means an annual fee of £9.35 for all your hormones, rather than how women pay now, which is we pay roughly that per quarter. And if some of us have two hormones, we pay double it per quarter. So that's just down to an annual prescription. They're also going to create a task force, which, as Carolyn says, will look at all other areas of support which are currently falling short and failing women. And Carolyn herself is actually calling for a menopause check for all women over 40. Now, we're still waiting for details of the timeline on the prescription charge change, um, and we will bring that news, obviously, as soon as it happens. But you, Trish, were in Parliament Square last Friday, weren't you, with Carolyn and all those menopause warriors. What was it like? Oh, I was. It was so brilliant. It was so brilliant. We were all gathered under that really amazing statue of the suffragette leader Millicent Fawcett by Gillian Waring for a rally after the debate um, that Carolyn held in Parliament, which we also watched on the TV. And it was so brilliant to meet so many women that we've been working with here at Postcards for Midlife to bring about awareness and change for us menopausal women. There was Dr. Louise Newson, Davina McCall, Diane Danzabrink, Karen Arthur from Menopause Whilst Black and the team from the Menopause Charity and of course Carolyn and the other MPs who supported the bill. I know, it was quite exciting. I watched it live, the debate, Mm. and there were several men involved as well in the debate yes. in parliament which i thought was great and there was massive reaction on our facebook group now there's a lot more to do so 
little me and little Trish are still going to be banging the drum for better training for GPs. We still want to see workplace policies for the menopause. And that's not just turning the heating down. That's looking after women as they suffer from the other perimenopause symptoms. We just want it to be better for women as they go through this transition. I mean, imagine if we all had a health check at 40 or 45 specifically about the menopause or perimenopause, Mm. it would change lives. I do want to thank the wonderful women on the Facebook community because they're there now. And a lot of women are asking about treatment following reading about the news of the bill. And there was a lot of brilliant coverage, actually, and really accurate coverage in the papers last week, which is so refreshing Mm. because God knows when we started this podcast nearly two years ago, the stuff that was going in the national papers was really worrying. But now, because of all the noise that Carolyn has made, these pieces are really good. So we had a lot of women on the Facebook group asking what to ask the GPs. And we also had a, a few women this week who said that they'd gone back to their GPs and refused antidepressants that they'd been prescribed and asked about HRT based on the stuff they'd read this week, which I just think is really amazing. I mean, I could not love Carolyn and her relentless energy anymore. I know. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's so good that we've got women like that out there fighting our corner in parliaments and and elsewhere. Um, But we thought we'd focus on some other little joyful things, just small, small wins, as we're calling them. Small wins. Small little small people. We're small people. We don't need a lot in life. No. (laughs) I just think about something nice that's happened this week so I was thinking about that and I think one of the nice things that's happened to me this week is my lovely friend Janice came around now Janice you remember from the alfalfa sprouts oh yeah (laughs) so Janice is lovely because whenever she comes around alfalfa Janice as we call her (laughs) she brings what now called Janice's bits because she's always brings something really that is so different and so thoughtful and from the heart so this week brought me some lemon verbena from her garden and told me how to dry it to make it into some tea, which was very nice. I, I thought you were going to say to make some trousers out of it or something like that. <laughs> lemon verbena trousers. A new hat. <laughs> a face mask, maybe. That would be quite good. <laughs> and then she also brought me this thing. She's quite into the old fermenting, which I know oh, you, I like you're a bit, a bit of a fan of that because mm. it's the, it's good for, your, good for your guts. But she brought me this thing called honey ferment in a little jar that she'd made. And it's basically honey and ginger and turmeric and lemons and oranges and you leave it to ferment and it all mushes down and then you have a teaspoon of it in your in hot water in the winter and it's full of vitamin c and all the good yummy things that is exciting that is a lovely present isn't it we've gone a bit goop Couch show on me, but carry on. <laughs> yes, yeah, a bit Jack. Well, it's a bit Janice in my life, but yeah, no, it's brilliant actually. So that's that sort of brought me some joy this week. That's what I felt was a little midlife win. What, oh, what about for you? Win. Well, I had a bit of a win talking to a, a roofing person. <laughs> Right, you're going in a totally different direction. Well, you know, it's small things, isn't it, in Mm. in life? Storms have blown everything off the roof, obviously. um, And we had to get Terry the tiler round. And uh, due to unfortunate timing, I was the person that had to be the uh, point person for Terry Mm. the tiler. Now, he's a very quiet man who didn't really like texts or emails and wanted to converse on the phone, old school, talking to me in a sort of whisper, whispering Terry, (laughs) as I called him. Um, and then I had to, to uh, my husband did send a picture of the tiles to, you know, because he likes to be involved in these things and obviously in charge of them most of the time. And then I had to have a long chat with Terry about the roof and tiles. And I, I was quite, I thought it was a bit of a win, actually. I was quite sensible. I mean, obviously, after the after he'd said, you need the whole roof replaced, which is what everyone always says, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I said, well, I don't think that'd be happening, Terry, but can no. we talk about these things very specifically? And I, I felt like I felt in charge. And then later that day, Trish, I changed a very tricky light bulb. Now, I always change light bulbs. I'm not. Oh. Uh, I'm not saying that that's a man's job or anything as stupid as that. What I'm saying is that if you're vertically challenged, mm. any job like that is mm. is tricky, isn't it? Because it was a hard one. Couldn't see it wasn't a normal fix. And I did that on my own and I felt a bit Well done. Did you jolly. have to stand on a ladder, put your glasses on to see No, it? I got a precarious stool just oh. so that when my husband walked past, he could say, oh, well, that's not going to work. And then I I went for a short dip in the sea as well, a winter dip. And it's my first November dip and it was 10 degrees. And I only managed to stay in about seven minutes. And I I did that thing in my head where I told myself it was rubbish and I should have stayed in longer, et cetera, et cetera. And then I came out and I thought, you know what? I went in and I 
probably wouldn't have done last year. So that was a little small win for oh, me as well. a small win. Well, bravo for the small wins. But I have to say, I'll tell you who is not winning at Midlife right now. And that's Deborah from our Facebook group, who oh, is having Deborah. a dilemma about whether her stressful job is worth it or whether she should jack it in, but earn a lot less money doing her side hustle, which she says really fulfills her and she's really fulfilled by it. So that got us pondering, didn't it, about kind of time, purpose, money, and what perhaps it might be like to live a more simple but happier life with a bit of fermenting and um, lemon verbena. Um, And if we could step away from the career treadmill, which we as Gen Xers seem to be changed to. So we're going to be jibber jabbering about that, aren't we, today? Yes. And we do have a guest. We have a wonderful guest, actually. And actually, she is going to be answering some of the questions that we get asked again and again Mm -hmm. by midlife women. Because if ever there was someone with a purpose in her midlife, it's our special guest, Nell McAndrew, the running and fitness wonder woman. She's going to be telling us how to get fit and stay motivated, how to make that start when you really want to start getting fit and to make sure we feel our absolute best, whether we're climbing the career ladder, downsizing, stepping out, growing our own beetroot. Well, I won't be growing my own beetroot. <laughs> no, no you leave that, that to me. <laughs> yes, well, I do know how you feel. So I think we should begin. This week's Jibber Jabber, as we've said, has been sparked by something that Deborah from our Facebook group said. She talks about panicking and making mistakes in her stressful job and having too much going on as she has a second career as well. And she said, this is part of her post, she said, I have two careers, the second of which is a side hustle, which seemed like a good idea, but is taking up too much headspace for little return in money terms, but heaps in personal satisfaction. I'm feeling very low and despondent and wondering if it is time to give it all up and do a job that doesn't need so much of my time and headspace. So we, we're not going to address the remarks that Deborah said about making mistakes and brain fog and things like that, because we were just actually really intrigued, weren't we, by that idea of the side hustle, the thing that you really like, but is it going to make you enough money? That's probably ringing a bell with you, Lorraine, because you were in this position, weren't you, yourself, yes. not that yeah. long ago? I think so. And it's um, it chimes very much with a very popular piece on the gar- in the Guardian, actually, recently on time millionaires versus millionaire millionaires. You know, mm. that we the idea our metric is how much money we make and how successful we are, how high up we go. And actually, maybe our metric should be more time to do the things we want. And there is a, a sort of myth, thing bubbling around what they call generation resignation, mm. isn't there? A lot of people just saying, I'm not going to do this in the same way. I mean, obviously, you know, not everyone has the privilege to do that. And we're aware of that. But if you are in that situation, I think last year, I was in a very similar situation. I was doing a podcast, I was editing a weekly magazine, I was halfway through writing a book, I had four children, one of whom was leaving home and all of the kind of work that goes into that. And just trying to do all of that, I, I felt I just couldn't do all of that. And I managed to get myself in a situation where I thought, this is the thing I can't do. And obviously, editing was the thing I can't do. And mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to be able to extricate myself from that. But so I think what Deborah's thinking about, and I know in a lot of the answers on the Facebook group is change and transition. Yeah. You have to do what I call embrace radical honesty (laughs) so not the stories you tell yourself about all the things you know that you know I have to stay in this job because I have to earn this money I have to stay in this job because it's absolutely tied to my identity you've really got to sit down and think gosh I wonder if I wasn't I wonder if all these stories I've told myself are not true and perhaps a different path lays ahead of me and I think maybe that's what Deborah's looking at here giving herself permission and putting herself in a different mindset Yeah, I think a lot of Generation X women struggle with this because we've just been conditioned to know that we can have careers and we can get to the top. And we're not saying that we want women to just not do that and not stay in the workplace in midlife and beyond. But if you're a person who that that is not right for. So my my sister, for example, she works in education. She's done various things before, but she was just finding it too much. She had a very senior job and she just decided to go part time. Her passion was yoga 
yoga. She trained to be a yoga teacher. She does that now as her side hustle with a bit of part-time teaching. But she had to accept the fact that I will have less money. I, my lifestyle will change, but I will have more time. So I'm sort of forgoing money for time, obviously got enough to live on. You know, she just wanted to really enjoy her life that wasn't always connected to money. And she said, she's recommended this book to me actually called The Art of Frugal Hedonism. I don't know whether you've heard it. It's a guide no. to spending less. I like anything in, with the word hedonism. In and Trish, I, like, you know. I quite like the word frugal. I'm embracing Oh, well, that's words. the difference between <laughs> the two of us, isn't it? <laughs> It's this idea, but it's a guide to spending less and enjoying life more. The premise of it is that a lot of stuff we spend money on actually makes life less enjoyable in the long run. And a lot of free stuff is actually very cheap and enjoyable. Why choose stuff that requires us to work all the time and get stressed about our bank balances? Yeah, so it's that relationship between enjoying life and spending money. And, and it's that back to our one of our favorite words of the moment, reframing, reframing things. Going for a walk with a friend um, will be just as much fun, but cost a lot less than going to a bar and drinking something and obviously you'll go to the bar sometimes but you don't have to go to the bar all the time and you will kind of save money so it's full of lots of little tips and little ways of reframing how we enjoy ourselves and the idea is that the premise is that frugality shouldn't feel like deprivation it's just about spending your time and seeing things differently it's not about stuff you know and I've done a bit of this as well I don't earn a fraction of what I used to earn and we've had to think about downsizing all of those things but I've got well, so it's such about time and I'm so much yeah. relaxed about life it's worth isn't it it's what mm. what things are and what are they worth and what's your metric of what they're worth I think when you get to midlife you really grapple with the value of time mm. because it's very apparent you haven't got as much as you had and actually time becomes a thing that you really talk about and what you're going to do with it whereas leading up to it you sort of take it for granted a bit so how are we going to spend our time and if you're spending time to buy things to make more money to buy things to do do you want those things do you want to be in that place I think there's a really good book by Martha Beck which I mean she's a big American free thinker um, all over Oprah, as it were. Mm -hmm. She talks about the essential self, that you have to take yourself back to who you really, really mm -hmm. are. And then you can work out what your values are. And then you can work out how you live your life. And that's a better metric in a way, isn't yeah. it? There's, um, but it's difficult um, to do though. It can it's really to, hard to do. if you're it? in a very high, I've got a friend who's in a, who I saw the other day, is in a very high power job. She's in her early fifties going through perimenopause, traveling so much and, you know, just can't conceive of, of cutting back, even though you can tell that she sort of wants to, but she doesn't know how to. And then what will I do if I don't do this? What will I do? Well, it's like, wow. well, you give yourself some time to work that out, I suppose. It's a little bit like you have to sit in, a, in the void of that mm. for, for a while and you have to let those feelings and they're very uncomfortable, I think. And that's why I'd say to Deborah, you may give up your job and then you're going to sit in the void thinking that yeah. was terrible. I feel terrible. I don't know what my identity is. I don't don't know who I am or where I'm supposed to be or what's going to happen next but actually like all growth as it were that one of those dreadful memes that came up mm. on my um, Instagram that you know staying where you are or being in the past is safe it does feel very safe yeah. but if you want to evolve and grow you have to move forward and you've got to go through that kind of difficult bit which I think sometimes takes you know a few months sometimes takes a few years I think to be honest there is um just if you're looking at career stuff, there is a career coach called Fiona Buckland who does a questionnaire on her website. And we'll put all this on the um, Facebook where you can answer questions thinking about whether your side hustle is the thing or whether mm -hmm. it's not. But there's another good book that came out earlier this year called um, The Ethan Cross. He's a neuroscientist and psychotherapist wrote about chatter inside your head. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time we, we listen to this relentless chatter in our head <laughs> and it's very time consuming and it it distracts us from sitting with the silence and the void and those painful yeah. feelings. So I think you are right. These things are massively difficult to do. And, you know, obviously we acknowledge we have the privilege of doing that if finance is not absolutely driving us. But it's it's something that's probably is worth doing, sitting with that, you know, when you step yeah. out, recognising in advance it's going to be pretty painful. And, you know, I mean, I've we've both been through a couple of years of sort of it being quite painful. Yes. 
we and, have you yeah. know not really knowing and feeling hopeless and helpless yes. and then feeling fueled and 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 full of energy and with a yeah. with a lust for what's with coming the side next. hustle because this was the side hustle and we didn't know where this was going to go or what was going to happen and it was well, um, exactly. but it was the thing that we really wanted to do I it, also think it's about asking for help isn't it mm. as well because if you ha- if you can't take a, the any kind of big change because of your financial yes. commitments and needs with your radical honesty could you sit down and say right these are the things I can't do anymore these are yes. the things that are making yeah. the job I'm doing that I have to do to earn money difficult because I'm doing all of this in in another place so maybe there's some way of getting yeah. help with this or not doing this or you know approaching it in a slightly different way it always mm. helps to write it down I am loath to recommend journaling because it sounds <laughs> silly but I do think it does come up a lot it, it is does. worth writing it all yeah. down I think it's about simplifying at the end of the day isn't it maybe what we're all after really is a slightly simpler lives that might not that's not necessarily financially simpler because we, we have yeah. to work but if you're working making things around that simpler for you I think that could be quite good good point simple frugal treasure. 
I felt great. And I remember I finished and I didn't even have a blister. It was such a huge boost, I think, to feel like, yes, I can do this. And I was running for charity. I had lots of support of everybody sponsoring me. It was just everything. And the time was just the icing on the cake, really. And it just made me think, gosh, I could do this and I could go even faster. But since then, I've got slower. So that's okay. <laughs> that's just life. <laughs> I think to put it in context, I suppose, that is an athlete time. That's a qualifier time, isn't it, for a competitive marathon running? I mean, it's quite um, an extraordinary thing you do. We get asked a lot, how do I start? How am I going to get into this? And it's so important, fitness for midlife women. Midlife is probably the time we need exercise more than ever. Now, motivation is the key, I think. And you're very motivating to listen to and to watch on Instagram and on the website. And we've had a a question from our Facebook group. And I think it probably totally sums up the thing we get asked most often. It's a woman called Jo who says, I've lost my exercise habit. Put on two stone. I used to exercise a lot first thing before work. And now I can't even get out of bed because I feel so exhausted. My job is stressful and I know exercise helps my mental health, but often I don't finish till 6.30 or 7 in the evening. I'm exhausted. I've got family commitments. So evening exercise isn't a a priority. I guess what she's asking is how do you fit it in? How how would you advise her? Just in the question alone, you know, it's saying a habit and I think it's just breaking habits and making new habits. So, and and think of it, breaking it down into chunks. I saw somebody suggesting thinking of exercises, exercise snacks throughout the day. You know, you have breaks, you have a coffee break, you have lunch break, but just think of it as exercise snacks. So if you're office based and you sat at a desk a a lot, you know, make sure that you, you know, you stand up and you move, you you move your body, you might stretch, you might do some squats, you might just, just do movements that really open out your chest, improve your posture, just walk up and down a little bit, you know, march on the spot and then sit back down again and then carry on and just getting moving so can you walk to work you know can you run to work most of the time actually whenever my daughter was in swimming or ballet I'd go for a quick run even if it was 20 minutes I'd just think well that's the only time I've got chance I've got today that's what I'm going to do and then I'd always I'd always feel better for it mentally I understand lots of people really are just bogged down you know they've been pulled in so many different directions with family and work commitments and they never really have time for themselves and even if it's just 10 minutes 10 minute chunks throughout the day so doing push-ups you know like let's master a push-up so you just start to work on I that I can't do a push-up and oh. but you but you would be able to you can you can I you've can got to I you can Lorraine don't be silly just, Trish of I course can. you can't I definitely can my hip uh, grid training doing, doing you just scale it all down and just do what you just can do one do. isn't it? you have to start with one and then move on yeah just 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 build it up and in the lockdown actually I started working on um, push-ups and it was amazing the difference that I found but also I think it's about eating and sleeping it's about everything the whole package so you, you can't just think oh well I'm going to exercise and everything's going to fall into place if you're not getting enough rest then you're going to be too exhausted anyway I wake up a lot every night actually at the moment my sleep pattern's rubbish so it's just getting into a habit of when you wake up drinking a big glass of water so you're starting your day off with something that's it's good for you and it's flushing out any toxins and and getting you oh, I do do that I have a pint of water every morning wow makes me feel like I've done one good thing already yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing how much food does affect your mood so it's it's a case of really trying to just break habits and form new ones and do you think it's ever too late to start running I mean I'm you know I'm into fitness and exercise but I've never been able to run now I just never quite I don't know what it is I just tried and and just fail and it just doesn't seem to work for me I just I can't get on with it at all but I was reading about a woman yesterday actually who's in her 50s started running and now she's doing marathons and and all sorts which is just absolutely amazing I mean you do a lot of social running heart runs and things do you meet a lot of sort of midlife and older women who are taking it up lots I mean well first of all my mum she's a prime example she did she never ran she ran I got to run the London Marathon when she was 54 and she um yeah so she started off by doing well she couldn't run she couldn't run to more than two minutes and she'd never year at school gradually she she just persevered and we just built it up so we do walk jog walk jog walk jog and then I I remember I'd I'd have some pads and have a hitting some boxing pads I wasn't always the most patient instructor with my mum I think when it's somebody close (laughs) to you you, you're less patient you're like come on come on you can do it and you just sort of bark orders rather than being a bit more you know empathetic with people with parkrun it's just brilliant because you've got people running jogging walking you've got people running with the dogs 
double buggies. Some people just go there just to walk it. They're not actually thinking that they're going to run it. And I think that's a really nice balance. It means that everybody's welcome, whatever age, whatever fitness ability. It doesn't matter. Everybody's always made to feel welcome. And nobody comes last because there's always a tail walker. And if you really want to see what it's all about and you don't, you're kind of a bit apprehensive about going to a park run which I used to be it took me ages to build up the courage to go and join in my local park run because it's such a big one mm-hmm. and I realized that actually it's really easy from registering takes five minutes then you turn up you don't have to speak to anybody if you don't want you know some people just want I to think go Trish is worried about people looking at her while she's oh. running I think you would Nobody's... be you would be shy wouldn't you Trish well, Possibly, because I do tend to do the old solo exercise. I don't do sort of a lot of group stuff. So I think, but I think a lot of women would be, especially if they're just starting in midlife and they maybe their confidence yes. isn't where it is. They probably are self-conscious about how they look mm. in, in their outfit. And if they have to, you know, for me, it's interesting what you were saying, Nell, about jog walk jog you see if I what the where I was probably going wrong was I was running and then I could I had to stop and I'd start walking and I'd give up and I think well I obviously I can't run but what you're saying is this just do it in a way that it works for you yeah yeah everybody's different we can all put a lot of pressure on ourselves you can compare so much to the people next to you you think oh wow they're managing to do it okay why can't I but it's it's okay and I think parkland is a perfect example of being really inclusive to everyone and then before you know it you've started and by you know by 9 30 or 10 o'clock you've finished and you've still got the day ahead of you you're in a better mood a better frame of mind you feel happier you feel more positive you've probably smiled at some point I know you might have like grimaced and like puffed and panted way around sometimes just good to smile I'm going to take little Trish running she'll (laughs) like this Should be the same height. Will be the same. It'll be fine. I like the idea. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now you are in midlife. We are all in midlife. We're we're older than you, obviously. I don't feel it though. I feel like. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I still feel like really young. Yes, well, that is the nature of it, unfortunately. (laughs) So your felt age versus your real age is um, obviously decades apart. But how has midlife gone for you? How has your perimenopause and or menopause been? What what has been that journey for you as an athlete and a mum and a busy person? Well, I'm always a bit cloudy. So is, is that part, is that a symptom? I just think, yes. although I've been a bit like that for about 15 years, I think. So. <laughs> it has got worse, definitely. To be honest with you, I just, I think I just dash about that much that I don't really think about it. I'm aware of it, obviously. I'm aware that my body's going to change. You know, my, my hormones are changing everything. But it's just a case of I feel like I'm just going to plough on through it. And I remember like when my mum had, she used to have really bad hot flushes. So, so I've seen her, you know, like, go through that and speaking to her about it I do flush up much quicker these days mm-hmm. so that's probably a start and a and a good symptom to go have you by changed well. your routine then your fitness routine because you must have noticed changes in your overall fitness as you've aged um through your 40s yeah mustn't you? it's uh, definitely recovering I feel like recovering right. takes is taking a bit longer maybe probably more achy uh, yes yeah, sleep patterns a bit rubbish at the moment but that's probably because as well I lay in bed and then I end up googling things you know when all the when everybody's in bed asleep I'm just going to go with it it's an unknown nobody knows how their body's going to be and how you're going to feel but at the moment I just feel like if I just think of it as a day at a time rather than yeah. Yeah. over worrying about what's something that might not happen because I have done in the past constantly like I worry I'm a bit of a worrier naturally where I'll worry about people around me or family or Mm-hmm. So I just want to really just go with the flow. And I think if I feel more calm and relaxed, most importantly, keep moving and keep exercising. I've not been doing as much strength lifting weights recently, but I don't think that's done me any harm. I would like to pick that back up a bit. Maybe not quite as mu- as heavy, you know, as what I was lifting before. But just you were a beast now. You were a beast. I've I've (laughs) seen your lifting giant thing. I mean, I expect you to just like move the car out of the way when you leave in the morning. (laughs) I'd love that though. I've always wanted to enter a strong woman competition because, again, it's I know that they're really inclusive and you don't have to be like the strongest there. It's about taking part, and I've I've just love it. You know, like a big tire or a big sandbag, or (laughs) to me that's just brilliant. You know, getting a big atlas stone up from the floor up to your mm. shoulder it feels so good I can't you've got to try it <laughs> feeling strong in a way fuels feeling strong mentally that's how I work apparently vitamin d is the most common supplement for perimenopause so I thought that 
actually that's another good reason you know to um to get outside as much as possible and I think that's another thing that I'm really going to focus on over the the coming years yeah being in tune with yourself I think is the most important thing so yes being kind to yourself and not comparing with other people which is easy said than done you know especially on Instagram and social media well it took me ages when I was running not to keep comparing my times and just you know, feeling a failure with myself. And in the end, I just stopped with all the gadgets and thought, yeah. I just want to be outside. So I might make 1K, I might make two, I might make three, who knows what's going to happen. And I mm-hmm. think we are Gen X are quite competitive. Like, you know, and there's a real mindset shift between doing it because it makes you feel great and doing it to achieve a time or you know that's I think that little element sometimes puts women off that they've got to do 5k where it doesn't really matter how far you go most of the time just being outside is great I've realized that sometimes I've been my worst enemy by putting extra pressure on myself by trying to maintain you know seven minute miles every time I go out for a run when actually it's okay not to do that and just to step back and maybe not even run that day. If you were, again, for our listeners and maybe women who aren't as kind of into exercise but but are trying and starting, what kind of goals could they be looking at? What could they be thinking about doing? I think not aiming too high. You mm-hmm. know, so you're not going to go out and, and sign up for the marathon. That would be a huge challenge and really time consuming, which is probably something that you don't have a great deal of if, you, if you've got family commitments and work commitments. Parkrun, it kind of really fits into yeah. a lot of people's lives really easily without too much pressure because you can dip in and out. It's free. You just turn up. It doesn't matter if you run, walk. But I think it's just allowing yourself to have time sometimes to just go for a walk even everybody's so different it's really hard to say this is what you should do everybody's needs are different so lots of small goals incremental just just don't aim too high just do an extra 10 minutes today or do lift one kilo extra or just just lots of little small ones rather than big long-term goals yes because otherwise I think you're just setting yourself up to feel disappointed and a bit rubbish and just a bit of a failure and actually you're not a failure at all you Mm. know everything that you're doing is better than nothing just focus on what you did do you know you'll never you'll never do everything or even Mm. break your day into um sections rather than thinking of it as just a a disappointing day Mm -hmm. think well actually I didn't manage to do that this morning but I've still got this afternoon I I might be able to do that later today or this evening so don't write it off straight away because you've not done it at that particular time that you normally do it at Mm -hmm. maybe see if you can like work around and be flexible I think that's really important and that's what I've learned as a parent I've got to be flexible and just drop things (laughs) drop of a hat because you know it's sickness or illness or I've just got to be flexible and just go with the flow and you're right it's flexibility adaptability especially with kids because you just don't know what's coming next and spontaneity as well and just thinking if you have got 20 minutes right I'm going to go and do something now rather than always having to think of it as being planned in which I think yeah. is really we're like her as much as possible and then you're always kind <laughs> yeah. of ready just ready time. to go now can you're we, in your like can we talk yeah. about your like because you <laughs> see you were a, a model absolutely gorgeous you have had the most um amazing career actually and you've really kept your body it's so lovely to look at you on instagram because you must be about nine foot five aren't you or something like that your legs are (laughs) just so long over the years though you see your body has changed your face has changed have you felt that pressure to look amazing and how have you dealt with the image and your image because we all kind of go through that and especially when we look back at pictures of us all when we're 19 or 20 how has that affected you you've been in the public eye and you're photographed all the time you're off to be photographed this afternoon well this afternoon is good because it's running it's all about running so I can look a bit hot and sweaty I can look a bit you know dishevelled that's my normal look anyway that works for me but yeah I probably shied away a little bit because I don't want to have that extra pressure you know I don't need to feel like oh I've got to look perfect because I won't look perfect I am aging I have got grey hair more lines you know I have got sagging skin and you know my neck I'm seeing the different texture of skin yeah you know and just things like that I just want to be able to be relaxed and happy rather than feeling a pressure to have to look a certain way for other people 
yeah. and, and feeling that it's it's okay to look older because that's what's happening and everybody's getting older everybody's aging that's how I deal with it I think you know exercise really gives me that more positive mindset of where people don't they don't care they're more interested in what trainers you've got on or what time you did in marathon than how you're looking I mean you could look a real sweaty mess and they probably still want to give you a hug and just say oh well done what do you feel when you look back on those pictures though the covers and because you did a playboy cover didn't you I think or I did well I went to amazing Bora Bora I was flown to Bora Bora and I remember being there and feeling like it was amazing but I didn't have anybody close to share it with but at the same time I felt really fortunate that 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 was happening sometimes I think I'm having to deal with that as I've got older because obviously now I've got a family of my own Mm. that can like resurface in a different way you don't think of that when you're younger when you've got all these opportunities so now I'm thinking sometimes I've been a bit cringy about it all you know like oh I can't look at them you know because Mm. it just feels so long ago and that was just when I was young and you you just seem a bit more carefree and you don't think about (laughs) what's going to happen you know like when my daughter's older and she sees pictures and says well but you know why did you do a picture like that mum and I'm trying to say to her don't go out wearing that outfit you know I want you to (laughs) make sure that you're you know it's, it's all gonna I think it's all gonna come back to haunt me over the years oh I don't but think then so. also I've, I've realized that I think after having taken a step back a little bit especially with lockdowns and having more time yeah. to think about things that's part of me and it's mm. it's just part of my life and everybody goes through the life either making mistakes or doing things that they maybe wouldn't choose to do now but it's kind of made the, me the person that I am now and I've got to mm. embrace them more than cringe about them and be proud of them more than feeling yeah. embarrassed about them I think it's because also at the time you know dad was painter and decorating working on building sites you know and, and you just think I obviously didn't think about the impact that it might have had on other family members not just me there's so much more into it now but obviously you don't know that when you're younger you don't think no, about it as no. much you just think wow I've got this opportunity I'm going to get paid really well I'm going to see the, see the world I'm going to meet amazing people my goal was always just to keep earning a living you know that was my goal was just to get a good job, you know, so that I could make sure that I could pay my rent and pay my bills. And they're still in a box. All the pictures are just in, in a box, you know, just, yeah. yeah. But it was very much of a moment, wasn't it? It was a sort of, yes. that whole 90s time. I think it's changed obviously so much for women. But we yeah. say that, but then we have things like Love Island now, which everybody's yeah. looking at. I mean, that's the probably the equivalent, isn't it, of the sort of... yes that era really I suppose but I mean I think you know it's amazing that your body is such this strong tool that you use in your life and it's incredible and what you do with it your strength your power your running the the, the money that you raise that's obviously a really important element for you isn't it and the charities that you work with as well yeah it's been a massive driving force for me actually to keep me motivated because it must be nearly 20 years that I've been supporting Cancer Research UK. And I remember mm-hmm. my dad had cancer. He was diagnosed with T-cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, fortunately, and he's in remission still, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the time when he was diagnosed and he had to have a large tumour removed and undergo chemotherapy, he was given a 50-50 chance of survival. So to keep supporting charities where you you really feel passion, it's just so important to just try and keep supporting whenever you can, I think. And especially when you've seen the outcome that if it wasn't for all the research my dad wouldn't be here today but in in some ways years ago when I was doing all the photo shoots and everything and, and working with all the magazines I remember I used to say to people well if you can sponsor me you know then mm. yeah I'll do that job or they'd give mm. part of a fee to, to a charity or so I was always trying to work it in so that I could get extra support for the charities at the same time and then going on I'm a celebrity to get me out of here all the money raised from the phone lines from the votes I chose Cancer Research UK for that as well. So I know that thousands of pounds were raised. It probably went on to over 100,000 in the end because then they were selling DVDs. I mean, DVDs? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, was that, was, what was that experience like? I mean, we we watched it as a family. I mean, you came across as so warm in that. I was just a really shy, I think, you know, just because I felt that all the characters in there were so out there. I mean, you've got Darren Day bursting into song every five minutes by campfire. And I would have never done that. I'd have been like, I'd love to. It must be great to 
feel that confident but I've never really been a particularly confident person as you know as such with yeah. with with people that I maybe don't know very well I'm better in small groups or just one-on-one I was always just wanted to sit back and watch see see how it was all working because not none of us knew when we did it it was the first one we had nothing to go by we didn't know mm-hmm. what was going to happen it was such an unknown they wouldn't tell us anything and I remember thinking that it was going to be quite challenging you know physically challenging mm-hmm. and I know Nigel Ben thought that as well so yes. we were both ready to, <laughs> ready for action we were going to go into beast mode at any given moment but actually we had to sit around most of the time that yeah. was harder for me than having to go off and do a challenge because I'd much rather be busy mm-hmm. hands-on doing stuff than just sitting around doing nothing and I think that's why some of them um, fell out and got a bit irritable, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there was quite well, a lot of some... arguments. You see, and I'm not. You know, you don't like that, do you? No. <laughs> I'm not an actually argumentative person, and I remember they were arguing about chicken breasts or something. I was like, it just, it, especially, and when you grow up in a big family, there's always people falling out. So I just thought, well, that's just that's up to them. I'm not getting involved. What about your husband? What about Paul? Is he into this whole fitness thing, or does he no. can you wrestle him to the floor? Could you? <laughs> no. He doesn't understand why I'd ever want to run a marathon. I did get him to do a 10K once years ago, him and his friend. And I think he really enjoyed it, but he's not done one since. Um, But he did used to go to gym. He's not really into that. Uh, I think he would secretly like to get back into it. But I've just got to try not to be too pushy because then he won't want to do it at all. I do worry about you, Neil, sometimes when I'm looking at you on Instagram and I'm seeing you lifting those heavy weights. And I'm just thinking, because I've got a bit of a week back and I'm thinking, oh my God, you're back you're back how do you stay safe and and have you had any injuries yes but not very many injuries because I'm really sensible and I think you're going to get to know your own body and you know what you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. lifting and and especially when you're doing like deadlifts or you know lifting something heavy it's really important to engage your core you know you really Mm -hmm. need to make sure that you're you're not just like slumped over something and then you know all your back all curved over you want to make sure that your shoulders are back and your your knees are soft you're going to lift it properly and I think that's a good thing about if you are used to exercising and lifting weights then you will naturally lift something better in as in you know in good form rather than Mm -hmm. not and also you're doing it more regularly so I think it's more a case of when you're trying to lift something much heavier than you've lifted before is when you'll get injured can I ask about knees now and running oh my knees feel great yeah well as we get older though I think the knee injury is the one that comes up the most if you go and you do run or you do exercise and you hurt afterwards what do you advise people to do because I think in midlife you know that those joints aren't so strong that the muscles are not as attached as they, as they were your collagen is decreasing all of that I mean I guess it's building up slowly and if you feel a twinge take a break and, and downtime is important isn't it when you've got an injury yeah oh yeah definitely so many people try and um carry on when they've got injuries and I'm like oh no I think you might just need to rest that I think that's probably the only thing that you need to do and then let it recover properly but magnesium I've found is great for muscles uh magnesium spray so sometimes if I've got my hamstrings are really tight and sometimes I'll just spray that on on a night and I, I found it really eased actually helps sleep a little bit as well um soaking in magnesium bath but i think rest definitely is best Mm. so (laughs) and you mentioned um obviously food we know how important that is in in lifestyle you've said that uh, quite often if you if if you're training hard exercising regularly quite often i mean i feel this sometimes i just don't have the energy and is is it because i'm not eating enough i'm not eating the right things it's happened a few times where you'll overhear conversations and people are discussing they might just have a salad and then they're going to this class and you think no you you really need to make sure that you're you're fueled you're hydrated otherwise you might get to your zumba class or whatever you want to do and you're going to feel a bit dizzy if you're dehydrated you're more prone to injury food is fuel and you know if you you wouldn't go outside and expect to drive up the road with no fuel in your car so and it's just the same with your body and that's how I always think of it that if you've eaten well and drunk plenty of fluid you know water then you will run better you know you'll work better it's just that's just it the, to me that's the only way to go um and the times when I'm not as good at, with my eating or I, you know I have a couple of glasses of wine or something I just feel sluggish and mm-hmm. just rubbish really it might have felt good at the time but yeah. afterwards, you pay for <laughs> it's it, a balance you? but you pay for it more I mean like one glass of wine is just my maximum to think of having a hangover just 
fills me with dread because I just I think it takes me days, weeks to get over. Yeah, definitely. That's another midlife joy. <laughs> Not being able to drink anymore. You can cope with a late night easier. So that's yeah. my advice. Yeah. If you want, if you've got a late night where you've got to like. I don't know, go and meet people from work or especially leading up to Christmas, make sure you drive so that then you just drink water, a soft drink, maybe go, go wild. And, um, it makes a difference, doesn't it? I think the reduction of the alcohol. I know yes. it's a boring thing to say to all our midlife listeners, but it, it gives you a bit of your day back the next day in a way, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it does. And you can remember everything that happens yes, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> conversations. I can never remember anything. I'm like, yeah. well, I know that person told me something really interesting and I can't remember. Yeah, it's just, and, it, and it, it's amazing how it affects your skin, I think. Yeah. I feel like my skin's just really dull and just even more aging sugar. Mm. yeah sugar it's sugar so you can see it'll you'll go puffy you know around your eyes and oh. um yeah so the more water that you can drink the better really what happens next for you then so what, what are your new projects what's coming up i'd love to do an indian head massage course or, or just do more yoga i'd love to do more yoga or a yoga course well yoga's good for you isn't it that's very a good balance really good for running because of the stretching afterwards. So I'm thinking if I do a short course just to get me started, that's what I'd like to do. I, for one, would pay a thousand pounds for an Indian head massage oh. from Melba Candy. I can tell you that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, just open our minds to doing more calm things rather than running around like. Yeah, yeah. Now, a little bird tells us it's your birthday this weekend. It, it is, yeah, 48. Day 48. How are you going to be celebrating? <laughs> With a run? With park I run? Am. Well, it, it, guess what? My birthday falls on Saturday, so I'm going to go and do park runs. And then because I've not had a chance to do anything for, for so long, since everything's got opened up again, I feel like I've let so many other things go that I'd got into. So I'm going to go back to doing some May spells like a workshop that's at 10 o'clock as well and it's just like a weighted it's got a globe on the end that's weighted oh, on there like I've a bar seen that on your Instagram and it's, it's amazing and it's really good for your shoulders and for your posture mm. so I mm. thought I've not committed to it fully yet he has sent the email out with the zoom link and everything I'm like oh shall I just commit and I'm what's it called it? May spell Oh, so you wave it around, but it really oh, it hurts up. just to do that for me. But you see, so you so like now when you put your elbows up, it's to try and make your elbows go oh. up and back. So then it's loosening all your shoulders. It's My so swimming. good. Mm. So that, and it's good for your grip as well. Grip's really important as we get older. Come on, something uh, that is fun, but something more. Will fun. there be champagne? Champagne cake. Surely, presents. I might have to get myself a, one. You know, one of the ones little mini bottles for one. Oh. I think I might treat myself. Go wild. Go wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. Honestly, it's so inspiring. And we love watching what you're doing on Instagram and all the energy uh, that you bring. And the smiling, your smile, Nell, is just a joy, I have to say. It really is to behold. So thank you very much. Thank, thank you, you so much. I will look forward to um, finding out when you get to Parkrun, by the way. I'm sure <laughs> yes. you've got a local one nearby. <laughs> yes. I'm taking her. <laughs> Well, she was absolutely lovely, wasn't she? Oh, I want no. an Indian head massage from her. <laughs> and I just think her attitude is so joyous about moving yeah. and going outside, isn't it? What did yeah. you think? Oh, it is. And I just think, gosh, you know, I've always been fearful of, of running and I'm I'm still not convinced it's the exercise for me. But the idea, love the idea of the park run, because actually I go up to Wimbledon Common sometimes on a, a Saturday morning and they're doing the park run and there's so many people there. But what Nell was saying about the fact that, you know, some are walking, some are jogging, you've got people volunteering. It's a bit of community, isn't it? I like that, doing your exercise and getting a well, community spirit going as well. It's that thing that I often advise when I do these blogs about swimming. It's really finding your tribe. Yeah. You know, exercise isn't just about, you know, clocking up 20 minutes of getting covered in sweat. It's about finding your tribe at this stage of life. And one thing that we did during lockdown, I went with a friend of mine who's very much like you, doesn't really want mm -hmm. to be a runner, is not really into it, doesn't think it's mm -hmm. her thing. But we decided we'd go and see the sunrise. Mm. So I said, if we put our Lycra on, Let's mm -hmm. run to the park 
And mm. even if we're just jogging at a pace where we can talk, we're still getting some exercise. And then we'd get, to, we'd watch the sunrise. And then I'd say, why don't we just run up that hill and then just break out in a bit of a sweat and raise our heart rate. And we did that two or three times a week. And, and the improvement on running from nothing, yeah. is so quick. It makes you feel brilliant. And I mean, you might step out at some, I mean, I'm never going to run a marathon or a half marathon or anything mm-hmm. ever again, because it hurts my knees. And it's, it is, it is quite a hard thing to do competitively, but just going out for a run mm. with a friend is so so joyous and when you see Nell on her Instagram talking about her park runs it just makes you want to put your trainers on it does as well and I like the idea of of small goals and just the the way that she just gives herself little small short-term goals rather than these big massive goals so it could be that I just go and run up a hill one day or that when I'm out for one of my power walks that I just run for two minutes or something whereas before I was very much of the you know if you run you've just got to run for five miles and that's it and it's like no it it just doesn't work like that (laughs) and then the other thing I liked her food as fuel thing because it is you know we've talked about this before it's like you know food is not your enemy is it food is something that you should you can't be losing weight and taking exercise at the same time I mean the two things that's a ridiculous mindset you can't be in two mindsets but it's the right food, isn't it? And the right yeah. fuel and uh, and the kind of staying hydrated. What what for you stuck with what Nell was saying? I think that idea of adding in a little thing, mm. saying no, I think is really yes. important as well. Um, and the idea that you are going to berate yourself for doing a bad run or a bad exercise session without taking into account whether you've had any sleep, whether you've eaten mm. the right food, mm. whether you're under enormous stress. Certainly swimming, if you swim in cold water and you've had a terribly stressful day or a dreadful stressful time the time before, it really affects your metabolism. And, mm. you, you know, lots of people will talk to me when we get out and we say, that was a terrible swim. I don't know why it was so bad. And then I'll hear them tell me about the awful thing that happened the day before and I'll say well that was why it's so bad you're under enormous stress and then you put your body under more stress so taking everything into account and being kind to yourself is what I took from that just being in tune with your body and your mind and what's going on in your life and and joining the dots we talk about joining the dots all the time don't we on things like the the menopause but it's joining the dots on ourselves and as you say how the impact of something that might have happened emotionally to us you know um, something with the kids or something that how that might affect your exercise workout or how you feel about doing your exercise workout I think that's that's rather interesting I'm going to take your little legs for a little <laughs> run we'll put it on uh, we'll put it on our it's social media we'll run to some biscuits that'll I like motivate that. you run to some biscuits it's nostalgia noodle time now Lorraine I know you like to do a drum roll but I'm just just going to do a straightforward intro and ask you what is your nostalgia noodle this week boring I'm fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to get another co-presenter, you aren't are. I? Think Good luck do with a that. Roll. Now, yeah. my nostalgia put up with you? Yes, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've gone all, I've gone, I thought I hadn't gone far back in time, but it yes. turns out I've gone 40 years Oh, only the 40 years, only 40. God's right, go sake. On. This week, Prince Charming, the Prince. third album by Adam and the Ants, was 40 years old. Can you believe that? No. I I can't believe that. Are you sure? Uh, It's on the BBC Two website. So they know, don't they? They've put a picture of it up. Um, It had, yes, um, Mm. Stand and Deliver. Yes. And Prince Charming on it. We Mm. would have been, what would we have been, 13? Well, I would have been 13. You would have been 14. 14. Do you remember the Prince Charming dance? Arms up. Prince Charming. Like that, where you cross your arms up. People can't see this, so I shouldn't do that. No, I am watching it. It's disturbing (laughs) me. I saw him at some terrible place in Plymouth. But I find this a disturbing because it's 40 years ago. But uh, Adam Ant lives near us. What? Really? And there's a Yes. And there's a little hairdresser. And it's a very nondescript hairdresser. It might be very good. And it's a hairdresser, not a barber. Yes. (laughs) And I was walking past and he was in there having his hair cut. Wow. And I was thinking, God, if I'd been that 14-year-old, well, 13-year-old yes. in my case, I'd have been hysterical to be that close to Adam Aunt. Yeah. Absolutely hysterical. And as it was, I was just, I just walked by, by no. and I didn't really know how to deal with that. But that's, that's, that's how it is, but isn't did it? He, have the, he probably didn't have all the makeup on and all the, you know, I mean, how no did you recognise him? 40 years ago. Well, exactly. He oh. must be quite old now. And, and how... 
brilliant he's got some hair to have cut that's fantastic a lot of men don't at that age well exactly yes I do see him on the high street we saw Paul McCartney once on the high street as well that's quite exciting I recognized him too Um, but I I can even manage to name drop without yes exactly (laughs) honest to goodness but there he was adamant having his little things trimmed what's your nostalgia noodle where have you been mine is a man as well but it could be I think it's even older than yours it's it's do you remember the green cross code man the um (laughs) the very tall man yes the very tall man I was do you know what the reason I was thinking about him was because obviously I'm not teaching my children how to cross the road anymore um but I was doing some dog handling training the dog to cross the road not training the dog but just doing some good you know sit and then it just I don't know the dog's not a puppy Trish she's I mean I've met her she's quite capable of crossing the road she could probably do it on her own but you're always mindful aren't you and I'm sort of getting her to sit and stop and all you are if you're a boss pants not you yes <laughs> i'm not just gonna let her fly out into the road but anyway it brought up the green cross code man for me so i obviously did a little google and watched some of those films from the 70s and they are quite something to behold they're, they're very entertaining because i don't know whether you remember the what kind happened? of premise of them though so he's in this big superhero outfit with a big green cross on his front and as you say he's a very big big tall strong man and he's basically sort of sitting in what essentially is a cctv room with all these computer television screens watching children watching children that's not right not right possibly now yes exactly although obviously this is all pre-cctv and he then beams down when he sees a kid that's going to cross the road when they shouldn't and it's quite funny because he uh, beams down to this kid and uh says where do you think you're going dumbo <laughs> Which is what everyone says to me when I open the door to go out dressed up. Yes. That's exactly what my teenager would say to me. Where do you think you're going, Dumbo? Yeah, couldn't be saying that to a small child on TV these days. No. And then the other stunning thing, just one more (laughs) stunning thing about this, was the age of the children out running around, marauding around, walking down streets, going to ice cream six or seven I would say at best seven but that's what we did because we could in those days and obviously not a chance now I don't think my kids were allowed to cross the road on their own till about 11 or 12. No we used to play in the road. We played in the road exactly. (laughs) the estate. (laughs) (laughs) And of course you do know who the Green Cross Code man was don't you? You should know. Well I'm sorry shame on you because you call yourself a Star Wars fan. Oh no. It oh, Darth it's Vader. It's Darth Vader, yes. David yeah. Prowse. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There we are. Two two for one nostalgia noodles there. I've given Thanks, two. Trish. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Postcard from Midlife. New episodes are available to listen to every Sunday on your podcast provider. And we would really appreciate it if you can make sure to download your episodes because these count on our listener numbers. And may we ask a small favour, could you take a moment to review us, please? Uh, We've had some lovely reviews recently, and I especially like the one we had from Lucy, Mm. who called us snortingly funny. (laughs) And she said she loved the podcast and wanted us to be her real-life friends. Well, Lucy, we'd like to be your friend too. We are here for you. Um, But please do share with everybody you know, all the midlife women, your friends. We'd all love you to join in this conversation, uh, which is what our private Facebook group is all about too so if you're not a member yet do come on over and join in the chat yes and you can use it to post any feedback on the topics we discuss as well as suggestions for other things you'd like to hear talked about or celebrities and experts you'd like to hear us interview or you could email us at hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or pop a little message on our instagram account goodbye bye 